Welcome to Try This at Home with Leslie and Leslin, a podcast that offers you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating a better life. Hi, this is Leslie from Try This at Home. Like so many women, I didn't finish the level of education that I aspired to straight out of high school. Now, after marriage and three kids, I'm thinking about going back, but I have a ton of questions and a bit of fear. So I thought I'd ask someone who did it and get the scoop about what it's like to be a non-traditional student. Today, I'm interviewing Leslin about her experience. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. Hey there, Leslie. This is, we're still working remotely. I know. I think it's been like a year since I've seen you. (laughs) (laughs) feels like it. It does. And I know, you know, the thing that we talk about week after week is how anxious we are to get back to the sound quality of our studio recording. (laughs) Never again will I take it for granted. (laughs) You know, it's not too bad. And I know, you know, people around the world, I mean, that's a silly thing to complain about, but I I suspect most of our listeners are pretty uh, used to it because we're not the only ones. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think a lot of podcast recorders or podcasters are dealing with this. So we'll we'll get through it. We're all dealing with it, right? Did you, have you seen American Idol lately? Like they are doing kind of Zoom level. I know it's not on Zoom platform, but they are doing an amazing job producing that show. No, I haven't seen it. And I used to be obsessed with it, so I should I should watch. Yeah, I actually haven't watched in a, in a couple of years, and I and I prefer the auditions over the show itself. Actually, although this year there are some amazing singers, and of course they finished all of the selection like they did the top twenty, and then the shutdown started to happen, and the entertainment industry has been closed like everything else. And so they sent everybody home, but the show must go on. And so American Idol, and I'm assuming ABC in the process, has configured or, or supplied each contestant with equipment that allows them to configure a space from which they can record. And I'm pretty Mm -hmm. darn impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Technology is an amazing thing. It really is. We're so fortunate that we found this website that we use to record this remotely because we would be dead in the water without it. So, Yeah. Shout out to Zencaster if anybody yeah. is interested. So, yeah. so this is going to be a little strange for me. Yeah. I... I had this idea for this podcast a couple weeks ago and I told you about it and I pretty much begged you to do this as <laughs> The podcast, um, selfishly, because I, I think you're you're obviously like a great person to talk to about a lot of stuff, but this in particular. Well, yeah, I did go back to school as a 45 year old woman. Yeah, and even a couple of weeks ago, when I was asking you about this, I was like, you know, you can talk about what it was like to go back to school when you were 40, and you corrected me that you were 45, which mm-hmm. I think actually makes the story more impressive. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I like that. <laughs> um, you know, the truth is I went to college for five years right out of high school. I, but I didn't go the traditional route. 
I went to a local college. It was a four-year, it was San Jose State, four-year institution. But I lived, I want to say at home, except that my parents, when I graduated from college, my parents moved. And I stayed in the town where I had, not college, high school. When I, my parents moved when I graduated from high school and I stayed in the town because I had gone to five high schools mm. in three years. I went to oh my God. two schools in the ninth grade, two schools in the 10th grade. And then in the 11th grade, I started my fifth school and I stayed there for two full years. And so for the first time in my teenage life, I felt like I had friends. And so I didn't want to go away to college. I'd been away a lot. And one of my best friends was going to San Jose State. So I went there as well. And five years later, I still didn't have a degree. I had changed my major three times. I was pursuing all kinds of different, I mean, not did I just (laughs) not change my major, but I went from theater to business to education. And yeah, yeah, and, and I started doing my student teaching and realized that I was never going to be a teacher. That was not my calling. Um, so I just dropped out by then I met, um, my first husband and I said, okay, that's it. (laughs) I'm done. I don't know what I'm (laughs) going to do in life, but it's not going to be this. So I think I had like 125 credits, but not enough in any one thing to actually graduate. My my experience was definitely, definitely not what I thought my life would look like. I was a straight A student in high school, checked all the boxes that you need to check to ha- to look good on paper to get into college. And I got into the Scripps School of Journalism at Ohio University, which was, I don't know if it's still prestigious. It was pretty darn good at the time for journalism, like third in the country. And so I went there for one year right out of high school. And my parents were my parents were not super supportive at the time. They wouldn't fill out any paperwork for me to get a any sort of financial aid or financial really? assistance. Yeah, it was a little, yeah, very complicated, but they wouldn't fill out the FAFSA. And and you can't get anything, even loans, without filling that out. Mm-hmm. So I had some money and that I had saved up and I don't, I don't exactly know, remember where I got it all. I think they did give me some and I had graduation money and things like that. But um, so I went for a year. And I was coming home just about every weekend to work so that I, cause I had a pretty good job. So I was driving back like an hour and a half and working, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, obviously that didn't go over very well because I, it's just overworked and I couldn't focus. And mm-hmm. so I actually ended up failing out that year, which was nuts because you don't generally speaking go from a straight A student who gets into a top three school for your your major and then fail mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. 
but there was, you know, it was just really, it was completely unsustainable. I was paying, I had a, you know, over a thousand dollar tuition bill every month and no real way to earn it. So I Mm. left school broke in credit card debt Mm. (laughs) and not a super, not a super great time. So I was pretty pissed and went and got a good job. Um, I was very fortunate to work for a company and I had a job that I am still shocked they gave me as a 19 year old girl (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, worked there for seven years, made really good money. I dabbled in going, like taking classes at community college during that time. I think I took a couple maybe, but I I didn't, I was making good money and I I didn't feel like I needed it at the time. Mm -hmm. The degree didn't go. And then um, met my husband and he was finishing up his degrees at Ohio State. And then he went to grad school and I moved with him. And while we were there, I applied to go to the school that he was in grad school, which is Michigan State University. And I thought, well, he's here. I'm here. I might as well just knock this thing out Mm -hmm. and applied and did not get in because of the the situation at Ohio University. So was really not happy about that. Yeah, so disappointing. And so I ended up going to the community college in in, um, Lansing, Michigan, and I got an associate's degree. Okay. And my husband yells at me a little bit for this because if people ask me, you know, what what's your degree in? I say that I don't have one because I I I know what they're asking me and I'm not trying to be like self-deprecating. Like what they're asking me is what my bachelor's degree is in. Right. And I do not have a bachelor's degree. Do I have maybe some <laughs> serious self-esteem issues around this topic? Yes. But I'm also not going to say, oh, I have, you know, my degree is in business administration. And then they find out that it's an associate's degree and then I look like an idiot. So I'm, I would much rather just say that I don't have one, that I don't have a degree than kind of overstate things (laughs) as they are. And all of this is, is quite a bit complicated for me now because my husband is a college professor. Uh And so he has two bachelor's degrees and a PhD and I'm constantly around academics and education is really important to academics, <laughs> as mm-hmm. you might imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have been thinking recently that I probably, this is something that I just dislike about myself quite a bit. So that you don't I have a degree, probably, you mean? Yes. Uh-huh. So I should probably fix it. And I'm very, very fortunate because I can fix it for free. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I can go to the University of Delaware where my husband works for free. Yeah. And I don't really know how any of that looks on paper. You know, I'm a dependent. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure that I would be able to get in. And I, I, you know, I have the associate's degree now, but there's a lot of feelings that I have around this. And so, yeah, I want to hear your story. Well, you know, I think everybody goes back for a different reason, right? I mean, I didn't have a degree either. And although I'd made a very relatively successful career as a financial advisor, I had taken all kinds of different securities exams and held a bunch of different licenses, but I was going through a divorce 
And I didn't particularly love that industry. I'd stayed there because it was part of a dream that my ex-husband and I had built together. And the reason that I went back to school is really very egocentric. <laughs> you know, it's, I was, <laughs> I was in the middle of this self-exploration. I don't know what to call it kind of burst. Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, yeah, I was, I was in therapy. I was, reading every self-help book I could, I was literally devouring them. I would go to the bookstore and I would run my finger across the spine of all these books and just let the book choose me essentially. And I, yeah. and I got into this space where my therapist said that I didn't need to keep coming that um, I was growing and that I really had grown beyond in her words, you know, where she could help me, that I, I had all the tools that I needed. And I thought, I guess I got into a space where I wanted to help other people. I believe that I could be a really good speaker, motivational speaker. And I thought, I remember, I literally remember driving down I-95 and hearing some voice in my head going, <laughs> you're a housewife from Pennsylvania. Who the hell's going to listen to you? Hmm. And now I was a financial advisor, but I knew I wasn't going to stay in that business. And, right. and I didn't have a degree. Right. So yeah. I had tried, as a matter of fact, I'd gone to the university of Delaware, maybe in my early thirties, to see if they would transfer some of my credits. And they said no, because they were more than 10 years old. So that was maybe right. in the early nineties. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, the hell with that. I'm not starting from scratch, you know? <laughs> so I went, I think I went to Westchester university and I, I pulled in all of my old grades and, or all of my old transcripts and the, whoever it was I talked to must've been a, somebody from adult ed said that they would transfer in anything that had a C or better. So I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, that, that might actually work. So we got it all figured out. I, so I made the decision to go back. Right. And I was super afraid of whether or not I was smart enough to go back to college because I had mm. four kids and I'd been a financial advisor. I mean, I was, I wasn't used to, I mean, I studied for my securities licenses, but I kind of made the decision. They said they were going to transfer in like 90 credits, old credits. So I had, I had to go back for two years and I knew I wanted to study psychology. So they said, I said, well, I'm going to take statistics because that was a class I'd failed yeah. many, many years ago. And I said, and if I can pass statistics, then I am going to go back to school. And it was really motivated because I wanted credentials. I yeah. just, you know, that's what the motivation was. I wanted credentials. At the time, I didn't even... 
really think that I would become a therapist. I just knew that if I was going to talk to people about what I'd learned and what I'd been through, I had to have some credentials. Yeah. And that, that's sort of, you know, I, I own two businesses and I, I think that most people assume that I have one. I mean, I think whether this is right or wrong, I think most people assume that I have one because of my husband, which, you know, <laughs> I could really, I could really go on a, a rant with that, but yeah. I, it, it's the strangest thing. Like, I just don't like, I don't like it. I don't like that. I don't have it. And I've had some friends who are, you know, pointed it out a time or two, too many probably. Um, and that was frustrating. Why would a friend point out that you don't have a degree? Uh, you know, it's complicated. Oh boy. There are some people that are just, that it just means a lot to them and it doesn't make sense why someone like me, if you want to try to, you know, stereotype people wouldn't have gone and wouldn't have done it. I mean, that was the, like I said, that was the next logical step for me after high school. And so I just, you know, my path just went somewhere else. It just diverged and it's always haunted me. And I feel like it's, it's particularly difficult for me to go back because I am extremely embarrassed about going back to the same school where my husband works as a professor. So Oh, I have so much to say about that. (laughs) I'm going to save you. I'm going to talk about it when we come back. Hey, everyone, it's Leslin. One of our goals this year is to grow the podcast audience, and you can help. We would truly appreciate a share or a shout out if you found the ideas here helpful. Don't forget, you can always touch base with us personally on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, trythisathomepodcast.com. Okay, Les. So, <laughs> I, I mean, in, the, in what you were saying, you know, I don't really understand what you mean, somebody like you. I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of really smart people who make choices for all kinds of reasons that aren't a four-year college degree. I mean, what does that even mean, somebody like you? That that was the initial plan. I should say that was the initial plan. That's what I thought would happen for myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember having a thought that I'd be a famous ballerina, and that didn't happen. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I mean, life just takes us on a, you know, a funky direction from time to time, but maybe more importantly, and I get it. I mean, I, I understand going back to school at the university where your husband teaches can be pretty intimidating. I didn't have to do that. I, um, you know, so when you go back to school and you're not a traditional college student, you're called a non-traditional student and non-traditional students are really anybody from like the age of 23 onward. I was a really non-traditional student (laughs) and, and there was always one or two people in one of, in my classes that, you know, were non-traditional. 
I am pretty shy, believe it or not. If you put me into a new experience or into a space where I don't know anybody, if I'm not in charge, I would just as soon crawl into the corner and observe. Same. Yes. So, and we could probably, I mean, people don't believe that about me, but if, if I'm in charge, that's different. And it's because I think it's because I feel like I have a reason to be there, right? I have a reason to be bossy. I have a reason to organize. I have a reason for speaking up. And if I have a reason, I can do it. But if I'm just like, I don't really have a reason, then it's really difficult. So I would sit in the front of every class and I would sit in the front row and I was the woman. I'm sorry. Can you explain that to me again, please? Five minutes later. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that, please? <laughs> Three minutes later. Well, I have an opinion about that. you know, And I know the reason I sat in the front row is because I know that those 18, 19 and 20 year old kids were going, oh, my God, lady, shut up. Were you the kid that reminded the teacher that they forgot to assign homework? (laughs) I wasn't the kid. I was the middle-aged woman who said, could you have homework that we could do? (laughs) Can we have a study session, please? (laughs) You know, I, I know, I know, you know, and God forbid, you know, because in college, it's perfectly okay, you know, if the the period or the class period is an hour and a half long and there's only 20 minutes of lecture, generally speaking, they let you go after 20 minutes, right? Right. <laughs> Not if Leslin was in the class. If Leslin <laughs> was in the class, I'm raising my hands, you know, asking a question. <laughs> so it was remind me not to take a class with you. <laughs> I, I would love it if somebody from one of my old classes, you know, at Westchester was listening and would call me and say, oh my God, I remember you. You pissed me off so much. But, um, but I'm going to tell you what, the reason that, and, and might, I might, might I say, by the way, that in that statistics class that I took, I can't remember the woman's name, but she was about five foot two. She was, I'm sure when she started teaching, they were using abacuses. (laughs) She, Mrs. Dr. Moore, that's what her name was. Dr. Moore. Sweet, sweet lady. I remember her standing in the front of the room on the first or second day saying, the best way to learn about statistics. Is to is to go to the library and read through psychological studies because if you do that, you'll get a better idea of what the statistics are all about. Oh my god! <laughs> now she taught. She did the entire lecture like that, and yeah. it was a May mester. So it was like the last three weeks of May. So it was every day from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And 
I would put my kids on the bus and I would make a beeline for Westchester and I'd go sit in that room and listen to her. And there was this younger person behind me. So when was this? 2005, maybe. (laughs) And there was this younger person behind me with a new phone texting. I can't, you can't hear the buttons I'm pushing. They were because back then you could hear the buttons, right? <laughs> oh my god, it was like it was like roaches crawling up my back. <laughs> I wanted to turn around and snap at her so bad. It was it, some days it was literally everything I could do not to turn around and say, "Could you please take this seriously?" <laughs> Because I wanted to pass the damn class. Isn't that the pisser of it? It's like the people that get to go through this path that I wish I were on. Like, just don't take it seriously sometimes. Well, and that's my point is that as a non-traditional student, generally speaking, you take it so seriously. I got a B in that class. The, The only other class I got a B in was animal behavior. I can't remember the professor's name, which is a <laughs> sin because I hated him. Um, I didn't hate him. I hated the way he taught his class. Um, he said to, to the class one day, the only person in this room with more tenure than me is God. Oh, heavens. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, I got to be in his class too. But others, so whereas I had like a 2.2 and I was on academic probation the first time around in my, tw- you know, my teens and twenties, I right. graduated with a 3.96 or something. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it, I did that. We all did it. All the non-traditional students did it because you just take it so much more seriously. You know, you're sitting in the front of the class, you're leading the, you're asking these kids if they, everybody wanted to study with me. (laughs) It was good for my ego. I totally had the best notes, you know, and I would go to office hours and I'd say, could I review my notes from your lecture today? And by then I'd learned to pump up their ego a little bit before I asked a question or, you know, it was just an entirely different perspective. I, I wasn't worried about the frat party on Saturday night. I wasn't worried about how I looked when I went to class. It was just... In that regard, it was just a a really fulfilling experience. Were you ever worried about what people thought of you doing it? Um, not on campus. There were enough of us. Actually, you know, a lot of people thought I was a professor. You know, if I was just walking across <laughs> campus, people probably thought I was a professor. The yeah. people in class, that's why I sat in the front row. I didn't want to look at their their faces. I didn't want to see their smirks. I didn't want to get to, I didn't want to experience their judgment. So I just sat in the front row. You know, I didn't care. Now, my friends, 
were incredibly supportive. I don't think I had one friend or family member that didn't cheer for me all the way through. As a matter of fact, uh, one of my friends literally would say, come over to my house. I'm going to be gone all weekend. Come to my house and just study. Because again, I had four kids, (laughs) you know, and you know, they were just my, most of the people in my life were so supportive. It impacted a lot of my friendships for two reasons, really. One is I had a lot less time to commit to my friendships, right? Yeah. Yeah. Going to school. I don't know what this, what the rule of thumb is two hours for every one credit hour, maybe, but in many cases, for me, it was more than that because I had to, especially that first year where I had to regroove or, you know, retool my brain for studying. That first psychological study I read, you know, they used big words <laughs> and they used words <laughs> that weren't part of my vernacular. You know, when, when they said the... I can't even think now, but, you know, some kind of the, the overarching, I, I'm not going to make up good fun words at the moment, but I can remember thinking, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I feel that way when I uh, read the abstracts of my husband's uh, academic yeah. paper. Yeah. Don't even attempt to read the whole thing. I mean, I'm not a stupid girl, but I don't even try to read the whole thing. I just read the abstract. And I usually get through that. And I, it's like eating a nice, large helping of humble pie. <laughs> yeah, except that, you know, what's crazy is two years later, I was writing an abstract using yeah. all of those big words. You know what? You want to hear something funny? So my brother, my youngest brother, who is 22 years younger than me, He was in college, if I'm not mistaken, at the time. And he might have even been in his first year of grad school. And I sent him, I had to do a paper for my abnormal psych class, and I sent him my introductory paragraph. And essentially, he rewrote it. And he used the word deliterous. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds a lot like clitoris, if you ask me. Okay, <laughs> it does. But, and I honestly couldn't get my brain off of the idea that it rhymed with clitoris. <laughs> and I'm like, "What the hell does that mean?" And he goes, "Well, it means kind of bad for you, you know." It's, and I'm like, "Why can't you just say that?" And he goes, "Less, it's it's a." It's a bigger word. You're in your writing psychology <laughs> papers now, right? <laughs> so I write this paper, and he really kind of helped me sculpt the introductory paragraph. And then I wrote the rest of the paper, and it, it turned out to be a good paper. As a matter of fact, the professor said, I hope you plan on going to grad school, because that was by far the best paper I received. Mm-hmm. Well, I ran into her in the bathroom. And I confessed to not knowing what deliterous meant. And then I told her, this professor, that I was opposed to using it because it rhymed with clitoris. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know what she thought of me, but by then I didn't care. You know, you know, the other thing that happens in middle age is you just say shit. You just say shit. You don't know that it's coming out of your mouth until after it comes out of your mouth. And you're okay with it. Yeah, my grandma used to snap at waitresses and waiters. And it horrified me, but she did not give one tiny shit about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess it's a, f- a freeing effect that it has on you. Well, and I, and really I had gotten to the point, I think, and maybe that's a big part of why I've, when you say it has this freeing effect, I wonder now that we're talking about this, if that's not how I ended my forties feeling so free because I had liberated myself through this experience. Yeah. Were you ever, uh, did you ever regret it? Not for a hot second. I finished my bachelor's and immediately went into grad school, which at the time, so I went to, I took my entire program was online, which at the time was very risky. Right. And yet I fell in love with writing cycle about psychology and about behavior and what was really fascinating is that a counseling grad degree was like well for me I can every paper I had to write I conceptualized my own life I mean I had a lot to work with (laughs) and so it didn't matter what topic we were covering oh I had an experience that could have fit that you know or I certainly had a family member that could fit that and so I just I it was like three years of intensive therapy for me you know it was really diving so deep into who I am and why I do what I do. And I found that I just loved the process of writing and thinking about behavior. There was a lot of shit happening in my life when I was going through this process. And truly, it was so liberating to realize that I could let go of all that stuff, that I was smart, that I could write, that I could get an A in grad school. I had a 4.0. And I'm not saying that because I want to brag about it. I'm saying it because I still don't freaking believe it. You know, <laughs> that I, I don't think I ever believed that I was smart enough to get a 4.0. Yeah. It was very affirming. There's a part of me that that wonders like okay, I can I can go back and do this and check the box cuz here's the the complicated part. I don't know what I would go back for. I will not go back for business. My husband teaches in the business school and I don't even want to walk in the building as a student ever. Not not even ever. And mm-hmm. nothing will change my mind about that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what I would go back for. I don't, there's nothing like in my career right now that is like I need to go back for any particular reason. It's more just 
to fulfill this thing that I don't particularly like about myself. Mm-hmm. But then I also, there, there definitely is a part of me that feels like, I don't know, like figuring out how to live with this is valuable maybe, but also I don't know if I need to, cause I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to fix it for free. Yeah. And I have the, so. I don't know. Well, you know, first of all, I would tell you that any time wasted learning is not wasted time. Right. Yes. Right. And I love learning. I'm always Sorry. reading or doing something. Yeah. 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 I don't mean any time wasted learning. Any time spent learning is not wasted time. Yeah. And if you have the opportunity to learn something for free, oh my gosh. So maybe for you, it's less about rushing to get a degree and like diving into this huge time commitment that's going to strip you of a lifestyle. And just registering for one class a semester until eventually you have your degree. You know, and then maybe slowly but surely through that process, you find a passion that would ignite something to kind of lead you in a direction. I mean, God help me if I could get a free education because I want to become, I, I mean, I have so many interests. I want to be an archaeologist. I want to take religion classes. I want to, I mean, I just have so many different interests. That's how I feel. You could probably plop me down in the middle of any of those degrees and I'd be happy. I would, I would get some fulfillment out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So just, I would just start taking classes and see kind of like I did with that statistics class, just take a class and see what interests you or see what it is that you like about it. And then maybe there's another class after that that would be interesting. And then maybe after you have three or four classes under your belt, you're saying, okay, I could actually really dig learning more about this enough so that I could make it a bachelor's. Right. The truth is, unless you're going into a specialty field like psychology or accounting or science you know in particular there's education there there's a lot of professions that don't need us my son is a history major he works in logistics right you know there isn't anything historical about logistics to my knowledge so he got a degree thankfully and you know for him he needed the degree to advance his career. I have another daughter who who's in working in business right now. And I keep saying, you know, you really should, before you have kids, you should, it'd be good for you to go back and get your uh, MBA because in her field, the people who really advance have MBAs. Yeah. And in, in the psychology field, you can't do crap with a bachelor's. Right. You know, you have to have a master's degree or higher. Yeah. Yeah. I think Hmm. there is nothing about it less that I regret. And 
I think it's really common. I have a number of friends and a number of clients who have gone back to school and become nurses or social workers, or they've developed skills like became respiratory therapists or x-ray technicians, you know. And I think especially for women, it's empowering to feel like you could be self um, supportive, right? Now, you have a business and you have a, a skill set that you taught yourself that I think would be employable across most boards. You certainly have built two businesses without ever asking anybody else if they gave a damn whether or not you had a degree, right? Right. <laughs> But and, and your marriage is in good shape and there's no reason to think that you would ever have to. Otherwise, now, you know, Rocky died and I was a single mom with no degree. One of the reasons yeah. I didn't leave my second husband when I when it was obvious that I probably could or should is because I had at that point I had three children and no degree. You know, and I felt stuck. I felt like, how the hell am I going to support three kids with no degree? And I know that there's a lot of women like that out there, you know, that they, for whatever reason, gave up their own dream. And and I won't, I don't want to say they gave up their own dream. I chose to be a mom that was also a dream. Yes. And so I don't want to make it sound like I sacrificed one thing for another, but I did choose. Yeah. And then once our kids are kind of self-sufficient and you have an opportunity to go back to school, by all freaking means, go learn, even if it's just one class and then another and then another and another. But don't do it because you feel less than. Do it because you want to learn more, that you always want to grow and, and learn. Well, I loved hearing your story. <laughs> good. I think it's always, it, you know, it's, it's always good when you get advice from someone who's walked the walk, you know? Yeah. The, the moral of the story is, is to, A, don't be afraid of trying something new. Just try it. I mean, if I had failed that stat class, I probably wouldn't be here, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I would have tried again. Maybe I would have gotten a tutor and tried again. I would have had to have really bombed it for it to have discouraged me. I want to say one other thing. I, I passed that stat class because I worked my ass off on something I didn't understand. Right. I didn't give up just because it didn't make sense. So I think that's part of it. If you're going to start something, don't do it half ass. Go into it full force and say, I have nothing to lose. Right. Right. I have nothing to lose. And just go try something. One of the one of the topics in my book is to take a class, learn something yeah. new you know, and then do it again and do it again, especially if it's free. 
I am really glad that you are not still a financial advisor. Can I just say that? Because <laughs> I, well, I, I liked you better as a therapist. Oh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have met you if you were a financial advisor. <laughs> Fair. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I just, I, I mean, learning will never, ever, ever be something that causes a disadvantage. I mean, how can it ever be disadvantageous to know more? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see that. Not. I think, you know, it broadens horizons. I mean, you what an example you set for your kids, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, if I, I say go back to school, definitely, and just not, but do it not because you are less than, and I know I just said that, but I think it's worth saying again, you, we all make choices. You made a choice to follow your husband and be a a supportive wife and to start your family. And that is a powerful story in and of itself. Yeah. We're, we're very, I'm very grateful for the life that I have, even if this one little, you know, one little branch turned out differently. Yeah. So it doesn't have to stay different, right? Right. Yes. I mean, if you'd asked me, when I was 40, if I would have a degree and a, and a graduate degree, I would have said, right. And here I am, <laughs> you know, having finished my degree, gotten a de- graduate degree, build a, a, a private practice and yep. a brand at this point. So thanks for asking. And I hope yeah. you do it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's it for our discussion today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you will share this with people you love and anybody on the fence or maybe teetering about what they should do at this stage in their life. Until next time, this is Leslie and Leslin, hoping you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional. 